Today's episode was a blast, and it is on Sirota's three-factor theory and how these three principles, these theories, will basically create an incredible team for you to run or an incredible customer journey for you to run to keep momentum going, to make them a part of your movement, and to make your life really, really easy by fostering an environment that basically guarantees your success. This one's fun. It's loaded with notes. I'm just going to cut to the chase. Let's get into the episode. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. And today, I get a doozy. I hope I'm going to pronounce his name right, but we're going to be talking about Sirota's three-factor theory. And let me explain in the next 30 seconds what that is. But if you've ever had like a new employee, contractor, or maybe team member or customer that when they start with you, they're super eager to contribute and they're super motivated and they gradually lost that motivation, right? So this happens. And in Sirota's three-part, th- three-factor theory, he breaks down why it happens and how to solve it. And this topic is incredibly, incredibly powerful because it applies to customer journey. It applies to um, leading ourselves. It applies to leading our teams. Uh, it can apply to your families. It's just understanding the factors that are deeper than all the things on the surface, right? In the job or their role or in your fitness program, in the workouts. But the factors that are deeper that keep humans motivated, keep them driven, or keep them consistent moving in the direction that they want to be moving in. And so this is a very practical way to think about and understand uh, how you can utilize these takeaways and these tools to create better environments that foster these things. And so in this... Ashley found this incredible article and I'm going to be sharing some of the takeaways and some of the parts of it with our notes. And we have it linked in the description of the show. It's in the notes. I highly recommend um, that you read it or you can just Google it as well. Um, It's called Sirota's, S-I-R-O-T-A-S, three-factor theory. Okay. And so I think we can all agree (laughs) that all of us have experience uh, struggling to motivate um, people like they've been frustrated or indifferent or uncooperative or unproductive team members, or even you were one of them, myself included. And I made it hard for somebody to motivate me. And truth be told in reading this and studying this to make this episode, if these things were done, I'm like, oh yeah, those were the things that fixed it. Those are the things that matter, which, which really make them very powerful to understand, to be able to get to the root of a problem at a core level and be able to solve it because all the other factors above it also solve in the process. And so the guy who wrote this, Dr. David Sirota, he's an organizational researcher and a consultant. I guess this work and his work was based on surveys from over 4 million workers around the world. And he concluded that the way to motivate workers is to give them what they want, right? I think we all understand that. So what is it? So this this matters, uh, and we break down why this matters because 
it's important when you get it at the deepest level, when you know the why, you can stay focused on it and stay committed to it, even through the process of implementing it. If it doesn't always go smooth or it's not quote unquote perfect, like I used to fall into the trap of, and I still do. But to understand the theory, it's important to recognize the starting point that most people start a new job or start a new program or start interchange new job with whatever journey somebody is taking that you're designing or you're a part of with high levels of motivation and enthusiasm and that they generally want to enjoy what they do. He argues that in his research that this natural state of motivation is then reduced over time by bad practices and poor conditions within the company. Not all of those are intentional. Sometimes and a lot of times there's a lot of unintentional consequences. There's from not looking at things or not thinking about things, they don't get addressed. And as a byproduct, it creates poor conditions or bad practices. And this could be the same thing for you as a small business owner, same thing for you as a content creator, same thing for you as a course seller. You start with a new client with high levels of motivation and enthusiasm. And then over time, it becomes less exciting and you start to slip in the motivation department. And we've all had that happen, myself included, right? And so the why in the company, to give context to this, just to give some credible numbers, on a, big ins- on a bigger scale, disengaged employees cost company 450 to $500 billion per year. That's a lot of wasted time, money, and resources. To add to that, did you know that only 30% of U.S. employees are engaged and inspired at work? If you can keep your team members engaged and happy, you'll be saving your pocketbook and time, which is what we're diving into next. And I know reading that on paper, I used to read these things and I'd be like, okay, these are just statistics. Like people have to do their job, right? And I always believe there's a better way, but then you see companies and they exist and they're successful. There's this one company I can't remember, but the CEOs in like some high profile area and he has an agreement that every salary minimum is like six figures and it's a four day work week. And the numbers and the things they produce are are absolutely mind-blowing, right? And so there's so much evidence to support this. And we all know this because anywhere we work, even when we're working with clients, we want to work in a good environment. We want to be excited about what we do. We want to be able to contribute to that. But also, we have to recognize that we have full responsibility to do that. Like at any given moment, in any situation, we can change the environment. We can create certain things. We can change how it feels. And what I love about this is that with Sirota's three-factor theory, he breaks it down into three specific buckets, right? And so the three factors and the, the combination of these, when you build them together, this builds team members' enthusiasm. So number one is equity and fairness. Number two is achievement. And number three is camaraderie, right? So equity and fairness is people want to be treated fairly at work. Achievement is people want to do important, useful work and be recognized for it. And number three, camaraderie. People want to enjoy good relationships with their coworkers, right? And so you can hear this through the lens of both your environment, but also the environment you create for your customers. And you can see how your customers would want to feel this way, or your community would want to feel this way, or your staff members would want to feel this way. So on the top level, they seem like basic no-brainers. But he dives into it. We're going to dive into some of it. Like I said, I would have to do a solo episode on each one of these factors to hit everything that he included. And so we grabbed the best part and gave you an example. But I would encourage you to go sit with it and read it and find some of your other ones. But we're going to dive into some specifics on each of these three. And I'm going to give you like a how-to for each of them. And uh, that way, 
you understand the equity fairness like I do, but also if these tilt, take them, run with them, put them into practice immediately. And if not, go find some more and please share them with us. Send them to me in the DMs and we'll post them on stories and we'll share them to everybody. Okay. So factor number one of um, Sirota's three-factor theory is equity and fairness. And so establish expectations that give your team members a reasonable work-life balance. Okay. And Ashley took some notes on this one, and I'm just going to read them because they're incredible. And her perspective as my CEO is way better than mine. (laughs) So especially for us entrepreneurs, this is probably one of the most important ones. Of course, things happen and things come up, but it's incredibly important that you set expectations with your team members about what work-life balance look like. I'll give you an example. Our team is fully remote and works in different time zones all over the world. We don't mandate a set working time or require specific working days. Rather, we use a flexible asynchronous communication model in order for the team to work together fluidly. We set the communication expectation and they create their specific work-like balance. I truly believe because we provide that flexibility up front, in turn, our team is able to be flexible in return when flights get canceled or delayed and I have to record on a Saturday for a Monday show. So this is a real tangible example. And so for us, we set expectations. And so with outcomes, it's like, hey, no matter what, I'm going to have two podcasts that week. Sometimes they're going to have three weeks advance notice and sometimes they're going to have two days advance notice. But we're like, we'll get it to you as soon as possible. And they can set their own work schedule within that, knowing when things have to be submitted. And I, of course, go out of my way and out of my power to get them all done on time. But I just got stuck in a travel apocalypse in Texas for six extra days. And I didn't bring any studio equipment maybe because I was only supposed to be there for two. And so then I had to record on a Saturday for them to post on a Monday. And they're super flexible with that, right? So that's what we're talking about here. And so what are some things that you can do? Have conversations with each of your team members, check in with them and yourself and look at your work-life balance. Like, how does it make you feel? Can you create your own wedge of expectations, which you're able to work from, right? So one thing Ashley does is, and we worked on this, we use the word harmony and Ashley loved this and, and ran with it. She uses the word harmony over balance. So when you think about balance, it feels like it has to be even, right? 50-50. And with balance, It also implies that if you fall out of balance, like you crash, right? If you think about a tightrope, right? And so harmony is a lot more fluid and more like a sliding scale as required by either work or home life, right? And so if you think of a song, if you isolated individual notes, they might not sound that good together because one's really, really high and one's really, really low. They might not sound good alone or maybe two of them together, but when you put all of them in a song, they make up something that's beautiful. And so with harmony, it's understanding as especially as an entrepreneur that there's seasons, but the communication aspect is the most important part. And when it comes to equity and fairness, it's making sure that everybody agrees that they're agreeing to the same standards and the same commitments so that it feels like solid ground and everybody is equitable. And the number one secret is open communication more than anything, right? And it's just the questions you ask yourself and your willingness to sit with those things that that creates those things, right? And so if you're thinking about that with your customers as well, and maybe you run a coaching program and it's a group coaching program, if those clients on Zoom calls don't necessarily feel safe or maybe they feel like they're one down or there's no equity or fairness, they not might not be getting the most out of the training or the most out of the coaching. 
And it's never intentional, right? It sometimes, and a lot of the times, it's that for me when it happens is that I forget how far away from that point I am because I learned that lesson or I forgot what it felt like and I end up speaking too fast or going too long or confusing things. And then I'm able to ask and equate and get back on the same page to communicate. I apologize sometimes, right? And so these are things that you can use as principles to guide you and reference, but also things that if you think about right now, if it's coming up anywhere in your life or in your business or with your customers or clients, there's some questions and asks and things that you can do that you could triage that would that would make positive improvements. And so factor number one is equity and fairness, which I think is super, super important. Factor number two is achievement. And achievement is to be of be an organization of purpose and principles, right? And so I believe like in my core of core and in my hearts of heart that today, like in the world that we live in, when I'm recording this in 2023, I think, yeah, 2023, people now more than ever want to belong to something. They want to work for a company that they can align their value systems and beliefs with. People want to be a part of companies and communities where they can align their values and beliefs with. They want to be a part of something bigger and deeper than just the product or just the job. And that might not be true for everybody, but like in my heart of hearts and in my experience and even what I see in consulting and coaching and talking to so many entrepreneurs and learning and being at all these events is like that is the number one common thread to the point where when you come into my office for a customer journey intensive, right? And if you want one, just DM me. But if you come into my office for that intensive, the first thing we start with is your movement. And like, what is that thing that people are a part of irregardless of your product? And it's the same thing for your team. It's the same place you have a relationship anywhere. As a family, you'll align on something morally and ethically to believe in together irregardless of what's happening in your life. And so having a movement, having core values and what I call scripture statements, all defined by your company in order to rally behind for your team, to give them measure, to give them things that you can do. But how do you really, really create these? Well, you have to figure out why you guys exist. Why do you exist above your collagen? Why do you exist above your coaching offer? Why do you exist above your podcast? Like, why are you doing it knowing that not everybody's going to pay and you're okay with that? Like, what is that reason? And, and that reason is typically what people want to align around, but you have to identify, you have to make it a part of your ethos. You have to make it a part of your culture. You have to be that way. You can't talk about it that way. You have to be that way. And when you start practicing it, when you start utilizing it, it starts to define itself and it becomes co-created both with your team and also with your customers as you're engaging in a community, engaging in conversations and relationships, because if it's based on equity and fairness, which means everybody has a voice and we lay out expectations, and then everybody's rallying behind a movement, they're also seeing progress based on those expectations. When you come in, you're going to see this. This is how it's going to be. And now the experience is matching the words, which is deepening their trust and safety, which leads to factor three, which is camaraderie. And camaraderie could also be very easily interchanged with community. And camaraderie is defined by make people skills a priority, demonstrate empathy, consideration, and respect, and expect the same from every team member. 
right? And so we say this when we teach customer journey, um, and you learn this in personal development training, any psychology, anything, is that, and, and just in thinking about it, is that what human beings want is they want to feel seen, heard, respected, and loved, right? They want to know that they have a voice and that there's space for them, and they want to feel safe just like we do. And that only comes from making people a priority by, by prioritizing people over profit. There's books written about it. Thank you, Simon Sinek. And it starts with why, which is also about that achievement and that goal that becomes measurable, right? And so I want to say this about all three factors as well. These apply massively to you leading your team, but they also apply massively to customer journey. And this is the exact thing that we teach and we talk about consistently at the events that you leave with. And so I'm going to say this. Come to the event if you have not come to the event. Come back to the event if you've been. And for those that have been to all five or six of them and three of them, we can't wait to see you again. I'm going to say this. Go to mindofgeorge.com slash event. We only charge costs for the tickets. I think there's about half left. And the next one's in November of 2023 in Whitefish, Montana. Trust me, we will talk about this. We will be teaching this and you will have this, but also you have it in this podcast but you need to reference it and use it. So factor number two being achievement. The third factor is camaraderie. And I explained how all three of them work together, right? So under camaraderie, let's throw it out there. Not everyone has people skills and that's okay. Myself, prime example. I know I have a sharp edge. And at times when I become unaware of it, it cuts people and I do not like that. I, I, I get aggressive because I'm passionate, but it comes out as anger and frustration and it doesn't make people feel good. And it's something I work on every day. I also am not a good people manager. That's why I'm not the CEO. I don't do well with measuring performance and writing things down and it's disempowering for people. I'm really good doing it in customer journey and designing it once, but not the ongoing part. So like I've had to learn people skills or outsource them (laughs) immensely, right? But if you want a team that works well together and self-manages the majority of the work and allows you to stay in your queen bee role, which we talk about Mike McCallum's in his book, people skills are key. For me, it's a priority that these are already instilled when looking for a new team member, but it's your job to continue to facilitate an environment that allows it to continue to grow. And, and one of the things I've always done is hire for personality and then train skills because skills can be trained. But when you hire for a personality, you also then have to nurture that personality and grow alongside of it and grow yourself and help grow them. And so that's how camaraderie is created. Just like when you start a community for your product, for your service, for your company, that's like planting a garden. But then you have to go nurture that garden. You have to weed it sometimes. You have to water it. You have to pick it. Sometimes you have to prune it. Sometimes you have to adjust things, right? And then your job is to continue to foster that to grow. And so when it comes to these three factors, these are all important. I would consider these like laws, guidelines to think about principality based. And like, am I really holding myself to this? Am I measuring myself to this? Myself included, because I am even rereading these notes, seeing opportunities pop into my brain where I'm like, oh, yep, nope, I'm not doing number one. Okay, got it. I can do that differently here on that coaching call in that meeting. And then it's just about making those adjustments. So like, how do you implement these? Well, number one is you just walk the walk. And it starts with us just being the example. And I know that sounds so easy. And it's a pill that I take every day. Uh, But it's not about 
beating myself up when I don't do it or when I catch myself not doing it. It's about catching myself not doing it and then coming back into integrity and walking the walk again, acknowledging where I may have fallen short, but like walking the walk, like being about it and anchoring things in my life and in my environment, which is a lot of the things we teach you to remind me of those things when I might forget it so that I can walk the walk knowing that it is the solution and it is the number one like foundational principle for this to be effective. Number two is like foster interactions between team members and instill your trust to provide social opportunities like create community, create community with your team, create community with your community, open up the floor, allow them to grow, have them lead meetings and take their ideas, get all your ideas from them, listen to what they say. I mean, my team meets without me and I just do what they tell me because they're always right. And I I genuinely, genuinely mean that. Uh, Ashley just tells me what to do based on all the team meetings, what they need, what the videographers need, everything. And I just say yes. And so encourage that, empower people and know that we're learning and our team's learning. We're learning and our customers are learning. Just because we design a customer journey and it works doesn't mean it's going to work forever because our, our customers might evolve or we might evolve or something might be different. But we encourage these interactions and we encourage the feedback so that we can grow. And that builds on that equity and fairness and it helps people feel safe and like they have a voice and they can see how their contributions which creates the achievement and then leads to fostering that camaraderie and so then do monthly reviews with your team in order to create these check-in moments with them this allows you to work with them to solve any conflict work through any issues and allows you to model behaviors or do it in all hands do it every morning in a meeting um I've been in companies and I watch them do this every morning. Like everybody goes around the table and clears and it takes like 10 minutes, but every day they just kind of rock it, right? And so there's a lot of different ways that you can take Sirota's three-factor theory and apply it to how you manage your team and help keep them motivated or manage your customer journeys and keep them motivated or your family or even yourself by aligning yourself to these same things. So when you get overwhelmed or frustrated or having a bad day, that you can come reference your own material right in front of you in a place that it will remind you and anchor in like, okay, got it. This is just a storm. I'm experiencing the same thing my team would if I was having it. But it's about practicing them. And so if you take any of the ideas today, if you focus on it as a principle, if you go solve some maybe little holes in the bucket right now or, or fix a few that you already patched up but could use a little bit more love, Either way, the most important thing is if any of this landed, just start implementing it, start thinking about it and and start guiding yourself by principles and, and creating these things that that at their core, we know that when focused on, they are the basics that guarantee that everything works. And then you just keep taking that consistent journey. It's being able to slowly implement into your business and into your life and then making adjustments and then implement and adjust and implement and adjust. And so that's how we're going to win the game. So that's how I'm going to wrap today's episode uh, on Sirota's three-factor theory. Uh, Like I said, the notes are going to be in the show notes, like the link to the actual article, the reference of where these notes came from. So you can go read up about it. You can pull some ideas from it. And as a reminder, I mean this, get your booty for a seat in Whitefish, Montana. Go to mindofgeorge.com slash event, grab your seat. I think there's a couple VIPs left. Um, and then we have a special cause we piloted something at the last event and it's the fourth implementation day and it changed people's businesses and lives forever. And I'm doing it again and we are so stoked. And so that's all I got today. I appreciate you all. 
Have a beautiful day. Remember that relationships will always beat algorithms, especially the one with yourself. You'll either see me in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, we out. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.